Edinburgh could almost be the real-life inspiration for Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. You have the original Old Town, a cramped area of tenements running down the length of the historic Royal Mile. Then you have the imaginatively titled New Town. The New Town was built to overcome the huge overcrowding issues Edinburgh faced in the 18th and 19th centuries which at one point saw 60,000 people living in the old town, roughly one square mile. During the Middle Ages, builders faced planning problems. Edinburgh was, at that time, surrounded by hills, locks and marshes, and under constant threat of attack. So given these challenges, builders had to get creative. They couldn't build out, so they had to build up, and tenements were constructed. It's believed Edinburgh was home to the world's first skyscrapers, some of these tenements lining the Royal Mile reached up to 14 storeys. Given the technology available at the time, builders could only construct the first few storeys from stone, so the upper storeys were made from wood. Naturally, that's where the poor were housed. Streets were cramped, dark and filthy. To empty your toilet or your bucket, you were allowed, at certain times of the day, to hurl the contents out of your window onto the street. Now obviously it's good manners to give fair warning to those in the target zone, so you'd shout Gardy Lou, which means watch the water, before getting rid of your business. Now imagine getting hit with a bucket of keek thrown from 14 storeys above you. If the force didn't knock you out, the smell more than likely would. With these reasons in mind, and with the Act of Union bringing peace a few years earlier, plans were drawn up to expand the city beyond the old town walls, and so the new town was born. Rothsay Place is a street in the west end of the new town. Built towards the end of the 19th century and lined with some fine examples of beautiful Georgian Italianate architecture, it's here our haunting takes place. In 1958, number 5 Rothsay Place was owned by the Van Horn family, and until 1958, things in number 5 Rothsay Place were normal and nothing out the ordinary happened. Previous residents had lived there happily, and none had reported anything unusual. Number five, for all intents and purposes, was an ordinary, happy home. However, in 1958, things changed. The Van Horns had purchased some furniture, some chairs and a sideboard, at a steal of a price from a local auction. The furniture had previously belonged to a pipe-smoking sailor, who had not long passed. After taking delivery of the furniture, odd things started to happen around number five. Tapping noises could soon be heard coming from the sideboard. Gentle taps, like something was inside the furniture, trying to get out. The noises even disturbed the neighbours. Banging sounds would be heard through the kitchen walls to the neighbouring property. Soon, the tapping was also accompanied by objects and expensive ornaments moving. Objects that had a specific place in a room were found to have been moved to completely different parts of the room or house. Some found in very obvious places or in the middle of the floor. Not the kind of place you would leave valuables. Dresser drawers were also witnessed on more than one occasion by multiple members of the family, opening and closing, seemingly being manipulated by unseen hands. Activity continued to escalate. The Van Horns continued to experience objects moving and audible sounds. 
but they were then invaded by a newer, more pungent phenomena. Unusual smells, with the smell of pipe tobacco often permeating through the house, despite none of them being smokers. It was then they made the connection to the furniture. Mrs Van Horn, at her wit's end, took it upon herself to burn some items believed to be causing the activity. Thinking this would put an end to the nuisance, she awoke the next morning to complaints from her downstairs neighbours, complaining of banging coming from the fireplace where she'd burned the items. However, she was confident her actions would have put a stop to activity continuing. She was wrong. Not content with bangs, raps and unusual smells, whatever was haunting the Van Horns now felt it was time to make an appearance. Things escalated further when a shimmering ball of light was seen moving around the house, which soon became a regular, unwelcome occurrence. The Van Horns felt as though there were attempts to communicate from the light. It would move around the room and shimmer, and when spoken to directly, the intensity of the light would increase, as if in recognition that it was being addressed. This prompted the family to give the light a name, and it was from then on referred to as Tinkerbell. The Van Horns had no respite, the noises became more intense, Tinkerbell appeared more frequently and the family's nerves became more and more frayed. Then, things took an even more unusual turn. In September of the same year, what the Van Horns could only describe as a man wearing red trousers and a brown jacket was spotted in the house. Odder still, this apparition was said to be only 30 centimetres tall. The totiwi man was seen darting from room to room, or glimpsed briefly standing in the hallway before disappearing completely. Nomi, as he became known, was seen regularly after that, and noises continued to be heard and objects continued to be moved for another couple of years, until the early 1960s when the activity finally stopped. Don't let the name fool you. Although new, by Edinburgh standards, the new town is old. Some buildings are around 300 years old. A lot's happened here, and a lot of people have walked its wide, leafy streets. If you've watched our video on the Seaton haunting, or the haunting of Buckingham Terrace, would it surprise you to know that Rothsay Place is a little over half a kilometre away from both these locations? Are these hauntings just coincidence, or does something ancient lurk in the new town?